What's really good and welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, aka Legend in Two Games. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. With that being said, it is Wednesday, August 4th. We're about two official days into NBA free agency, so I thought I'd just give my thoughts on things that's going on. More hectic or less hectic than years past. A lot of money getting thrown around. Some guys overpaid, some guys on the cheap. But nonetheless, just want to give my thoughts on it. So here goes. First things first, I'm going to start with the Lakers. And I hate to say it, I got to give them a lot of credit. I was I was critical of the Russell Westbrook trade. I wasn't sure I was going to fit. I wasn't sure if they would be able to get enough spacing and shooting around them. But they made quality moves. I really like Malik Monk. I was hoping the Knicks actually would have jumped in a bit in form. But I like Malik Monk. Obviously, I like Melo. Wayne Ellington coming off the bench. A solid 15 to 20 minutes a night where he provides some shooting. Trevor Ariza battle-tested. So I like what they're doing. I like what they got going on. Kendrick Nunn, I don't think he's going to have the impact that some people are expecting him to have. I'm a little surprised he would have gone there when... He kind of became the odd man out in Miami, even though he was playing well before an injury. I thought he would have taken the opportunity to get more playing time and get more money somewhere else. But nonetheless, he's there. He's trying to get a championship. So kudos to him on that. But ultimately, I think the Lakers have done well for themselves. And I thought before they even obtained Russell Westbrook, they would have been the favorites to come out of the West. Now they've probably solidified that spot as a clear cut favorite to come out of the West. My only two questions really for them would be health, their older team. You know, again, majority of these guys they're getting already into their mid-30s. Ariza, Ellington, they bring Dwight Howard back, Melo. So they got to stay healthy, first and foremost. The second thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on, though, is how they play against athletic up-tempo teams. Because, again, they're an older team. They're going to want to play more methodical, slow-paced. They don't have a lot of elite defenders on this team either. Braun, AD's the best defender. Braun... It's kind of past his prime on that end of the ball. But Malik Monk, Melo, even Trevor Ariza, those guys don't bring that element to this team. So against athletic up-tempo teams, it'll be something to watch if they can get enough stops. But roster-wise, spacing, shooting, and obviously the ability to dominate interior with Braun or AD, they they have an opportunity to be something special. This, this might ultimately work. And uh, I'll also be interested to see if AD actually makes more of a commitment to be the center on this team as opposed to playing the four at the power forward, because we know historically he hasn't liked the idea of being the center. But when you look at the way this team is currently constructed, their best lineup is going to be with him at center, Braun, Melo at the forward positions with Monk and possibly Ariza out there. So that might be their best lineup. We'll have to see how that plays out as well. If AD makes that commitment to be in the center more or if he's going to continue to want that safety net of just playing the four. And then it's going to force the Lakers to play Dwight Howard and Marc Mar- Gasol more than they probably want to. We'll see how it plays out, though. Um, who else did well for themselves? The Bulls were very active. I'm not too excited about all their moves. I love the Lonzo move. I thought they needed to bring in a ball handler next to Zach Levine, kind of alleviate some of his playmaking. Uh, duties, so I like that move. I'm not too sure about DeMar DeRozan how that's gonna work though. One, I thought they they might have overpaid a little bit, but two, he's a guy who loves to operate in the mid range game and get into the line, get into the interior of the defense. But that's that's already occupied by Vucevic. So with him and Vucevic on the floor, it's gonna clog up a lot of driving lanes for Zach Levine and for Lonzo Ball. 
that one, I'm, I'm interested to see how it works. On paper, there's talent there. Billy Donovan has definitely gotten an upgrade, uh, the players that he's able to use. But we got to see how they, they're able to mesh that together because Vucevic is a traditional center. He's going to clog up the paint. He's going to clog up the lanes. And DeMar DeRozan, like I said, loves to get into the mid-range, elevate, operate from that, that area and get to the free throw line. It's going to be a, it's going to be some some clogged situations and, and some probably choppy offensive possessions at times until they figure it out. Uh, my New York Knicks. I got to be honest, at first, too, I, I wasn't sure what they were doing. I was a little critical of it. Uh, I spoke about it earlier in the week. If you haven't already, go back and listen to some of the other episodes. But I wasn't sure what they were really doing. But now, today, the news broke that they're going to get Kemba Walker as he's being bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder. I like their moves a little bit more now. I think the team now is starting to round out. I think Leon Rose did do an excellent job. I was critical earlier this week because I just didn't understand why you would rush to sign Nerlens Noel and Alec Burke on the first day of free agency. I thought those are guys that you could have gotten today. You know, two days later, I think you could have gotten those guys. But nonetheless, it's already done. He's paid them. I also wondered if it was worth paying Noel $10 million a year. It's not a crazy number. When you consider they were bringing back Mitchell Robinson, then they brought back Taj Gibson for $2.5 million. Solid signing. We know what Taj brings. But I just watched Andre Drummond get signed to Philly for the vet minimum. I think the Knicks could have done something like that with, with another center or even with Nerlens Noel. I think they could have got him a little cheaper. You didn't have to get him the first day of free agency. However, looking at the way the team is rounding out now, the moves are starting to make sense. I think Evan Fournier, the price tag was perfect. I, I, I would have preferred Malik Monk, but I get it. I understand it. Evan Fournier is a guy, good three-point shooter. He can create a little bit on his own as well. And he's going to fit right in with this team in terms of spacing and giving him an additional shot creator on the floor next to Randall. Now Kemba fills in as the starting point guard. I think it's all going to work there for them. Leon put some thought into how he wanted to construct this roster. And I think some of the pressures that Kemba may have had in Boston, he won't have in New York. Yeah, he's coming home. There are going to be certain expectations for him. Yeah, he's probably the best point guard the Knicks have had in the last 15 years, maybe even longer than that. But... When you look at the way the team played last year offensively, with a lot of things running through Julius Randle, then Derrick Rose as he came off the bench, then he started in the playoffs. But ultimately, everything was running through Julius Randle. Kemba Walker, his ability to knock down the three-point shot, his ability to get into the lane, will give the Knicks now an additional ball handler, an additional shot creator. And oh, by the way, late in shot clock situations, maybe when Randle's struggling, you can go to Kemba Walker to close out those situations and possibly even close out games. I like the way the roster's coming together. I think that's a really solid starting five of Kemba, Fournier, RJ at the three, Randu at the four, and looks like Mitchell Robinson is going to start at the five. But then the depth, again, Alex Burks coming off the bench, Derrick Rose coming off the bench, uh, Nerlens Noel, who was averaging three blocks a game last year, coming off the bench. They've got some moves. They probably got another move left in them because I don't know if Mitchell Robinson is going to be with this team long term. Just feels like when you when you give three years to Nerlens Noel, again, at 10 million is not a crazy number. But depending on what Mitch is going to want after this season, the Knicks, he may be a guy that gets moved out in the middle of the season. He might be a midseason trade for another shooter or a ball handler. I don't think he's with this team long term. Nonetheless, this is a Nick team that was the fourth seed last year. I think with the moves they made now, they are clearly the third best team in their division behind Brooklyn and Philly. And I think they're still going to be in that four to six range in the East. This is a 50 win team. Injuries could derail it. Don't get me wrong. Kemba's had his issues with the knees. 
Obviously, Derrick Rose is a little older. You know, is Julius Randle going to be the same player as last year? Can he be better? Can RJ be better? Those are questions that are le- that are legitimate and that we're going to have to pay attention to. But I think it's currently constructed. When you look at the way they shot the ball in the second half of last year, when you think about how good they play defensively, and then just the upgrades. Again, you have gone from a backcourt of Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock to Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. I think the team is better. Their 10-man rotation is better. Got to wait and see. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. What, what are they doing? They sign and trade Lonzo. I get it. And I, I expected it because they have a logjam with guards. So they move him out. But then you sign Devontae Graham, who I don't think really fits this team. He's a shoot first guard. He's a heat check type guy. What you really need is distributors. I mean, you got to find a way to get Zion going. You got to find a way to get Brandon Ingram going. I don't think that duo is going to stay together long term either. But I'm not sure what David Griffin's doing there. He's on his third different head coach. Uh, he moved on from Drew Holiday last year for picks that don't look as valuable now. And then you move on from Lonzo to bring in Devontae Graham. That's a downgrade to me. We got to see what they do there as well. Dallas picked up some more shooters. I really like what Brooklyn did. I, another team, I hate to say it. I like what they did. Getting Patty Mills to be an insurance policy for Kyrie and potentially Harden if he's not in shape or if he gets hurt again. I like what Brooklyn did. They were able to keep Blake Griffin, who played well for them. They lose Jeff Green, but it's okay. They had a good draft night. They'll, they'll be able to find a vet that can fill those minutes that Jeff Green left. But more importantly, Patty Mills, a proven veteran battle-tested guard who can help this team especially during the regular season, but also in playoff series. And if, again, if, if Kyrie's hurt, if Kyrie goes missing for a little while like he did last year, if Harden is hurt, if Harden is struggling, you've got a quality guy like that you can bring off your bench. Last year, Joe Harris showed us that he just can't be the guy, or this past season, I should say. He, he can't be that guy relied on. He's too streaky. Patty Mills isn't. Patty Mills is battle-tested. He's been on these big stages, big playoff moments. Patty Mills would be a great addition for this team. I think the Nets realize their mistakes from last year. He's going to be a great addition, and I wouldn't be surprised if this team finds ways to play him on the court with the big three. I think ultimately he'll come off the bench. He'll provide a spark with their second unit, but they may find ways. It'll be tough because it's, it's a small backcourt to go with, but they'll find ways to get him in some of those closing minutes. And then you have Miami with the move for Kyle Lowry. Um... I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. I like Kyle Lowry. Um, and I will say, I don't think Toronto's done making moves either. They get Gorgon Dragic back. I said when they drafted Scotty Barnes that I, I feel they have a move to be made because obviously they've got a little bit of a log jam at forward there with Siakam and OG Ananobi. And then obviously bring Scotty Barnes into the mix. Scotty Barnes being the fourth pick and with all his versatility on defense, they're going to want to find him minutes. So OG or Siakam could be moved. I think Toronto's going to be a little better this year than they were last year. We can't overlook the fact that they literally played no home games. They had to play down in Florida all year, their home games. They're going to be better. Um, Ujiri's not going to allow this team to tank. Nick Nurse is not going to allow this team to tank. They're going to be more competitive this year, and I think they're going to look to make a move that can not only help them this year, but put them in position moving forward as they try to get a little younger. But for Miami, the Kyle Lowry move, I'm not a big fan of, to be honest. When I look at it, it's a sideways move. I think Gorgon Dragic, when healthy, is just as good as Kyle Lowry. Lowry probably brings better defense. He does bring better defense. I'm not even going to say he probably does. He does bring better defense. He brings more leadership. 
But in terms of shot creation, everything is going to be tough with Kyle Lowry. He's a slow guard who plays very methodical and doesn't break down defenses in a way that creates easy and open shots for everybody else. And when you combine him with Jimmy Butler, the pace of play for Miami is going to be very slow this year. They're going to be one of those methodical teams that's taking a lot of time in the shot clock, probably play a lot of games in the high 90s, low 100 mark. And I think they're going to struggle a little bit this year. Unless Tyler Hero takes that next step up, they're going to struggle. Tyler Hero did not play well this year. He's got to play better for this move to really work because they're going to need some athleticism out of their guards. They're going to need him and Duncan Robinson to take on a heavier workload and be guys who can create for themselves. Because as I mentioned, everything that Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry do is slow. It's methodical. It's about getting to the free throw line. It's about trying to get to their spot on the court. They're not blowing by guys to get easy shots. They're not going to be running up and down the court to get easy twos when, when teams are, are trying to set up their defense. This is going to be a slow team. So that's why I'm not too thrilled about this move. Miami may have another one up their sleeve. I never count out Pat Riley, but I'm not a big fan of this move for them either. I think this is a sideways move and this is a team that's just getting older. So I don't know how this translates into them being able to contend and get back to an NBA Finals. I think throughout the course of the year, we're going to look at this team several times and wonder, like, are they over the hill? Are they just too old to keep up with everyone else? Because they just, again, looking at this roster, who is the guy who's getting you easy buckets? Who is the guy who can just get you quick points when you're struggling? Everything is going to be slow. Everything is going to be driven through Lowry and Jimmy Butler. Yes, I know Duncan Robinson is an excellent three-point shooter. But again, you're relying on him to be your third option. He's not a guy who creates his own offense. It's going to be a lot of him coming off screens to get open and try to free things up. They're going to rely on, quote-unquote, heat culture and their defense like they did last year. But as you saw, when they got to the playoffs and played a more athletic team, they struggled to score offensively. They made Milwaukee's defense look like the Pistons from the earlier part of the 2000s. They're going to struggle. They're going to have some issues this year. That's one of, another one of them situations that I'm going to keep an eye on to see how that plays out for Spolster and those guys. Again, just my thoughts on some early free agency. We're going to keep an eye on if the trade market opens back up. Make sure you subscribe to the Sanchez Show, streaming across all major platforms. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as always, I open up the platform for anyone who wants to have a great sports debate. So don't hesitate to send over your questions. Or if you want to join the show, let me know. Um, we'll be back later in the week with another episode uh, collaboration episode with Real Fans Real Talk. Next week, Will Gordon joins the show again as we get into the opinionated ones. Some more basketball talk. I'm going to give you guys some baseball talk this week as well. I, I dropped a little bit of, of some baseball insight on trade deadline on the previous episode. So we're going to get back to some more baseball as we get into the home stretch of that. But with that being said, this is The Sanchez Show, and I'm out. <laughs>